Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things, episode 20, sponsored by Fractal Design. Suns fan here with the great Cinder. We've made it 20 episodes. How is that possible? By doing one at a time. The correct answer is because of our sponsors. And right now, sponsor one at a time with our sponsors. Design. Yes, that's true. We've only had one at a time <laughs> since the beginning of time. So, of course, you guys can always catch this live Tuesdays at 2 a.m. PST, 11 a.m. CEST, every single Tuesday, unless there's TI or unless one of us gets like explosive diarrhea, which has not happened yet, by the way, Cinderin. So, and kudos that's to because you. of fractal designs. <laughs> They make great cases that can hold anything that you want. Usually computer parts. Yeah. But I'm sure it can hold some other works. stuff, too. I'm um, sitting on a fractal right now. <laughs> that's the future, actually, if you think about it. Anywho, uh, would you like to talk about some reviews before we begin the episode, Cinderin? Oh, I would love to. Let you me can check. take the, right. the one on bottom, if you want, the uh, second okay. one. Yes, perfect. Okay, so this is from Ananj25. Essential from, from? Tuesday from India. Thank you. <clears throat> Essential Tuesday lis- listen. Got tired of Suns fan asking people to rate, subscribe, etc. Five out of five. P.S. Send us a treasure. All right. So he, yeah, perfect. Guys, remember that this is all of this podcast is all about balance. So now somebody else needs to give it a five out of five and say Suns fan is a treasure. Okay. Make sure to give us good True. ratings because it helps us get good sponsors, guys. One day, we'll get more than just one at a time. And then we happen. can have Barack Obama on the show. Yeah, we were just talking how we were supposed to have a guest this week, but uh, it will be next week, hopefully, cross our fingers. Uh, we did joke about it being Barack Obama. Unfortunately, he did not respond but to any of my emails. <laughs> it is <laughs> Barack Obama. We got someone even better, believe it or not. Um. So the second review, Cinderin, is from Grizzly Burr from the USA. I'd like to recall a moment at TI5. I approached Suns fan and asked for a picture with him. I mentioned having to poop real bad. Could we take a picture with him quickly? We then proceeded to have a 10-minute conversation about pooping and general bathroom etiquette. We eventually took a picture, and I almost shat my pants. 10 out of 10 would talk about poop again. God. Can you... Can you confirm the story is true? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I am TI so five. sorry. I I do not remember. To be honest, it makes sense that you would forget that because you know when it comes to, <laughs> like when it comes to like stories, the more unique they are, the more you remember them. If something really special happens, and this was really special to this person, it wasn't special <laughs> to you because you talk about shit with everybody you meet in your life for twenty minutes. Yeah, but it's not like your not random fans usually. You know, it's your icebreaker. 
don't lie. Your icebreaker is, hello, I'm Suns fan, and I talk about shit all the time. And then everybody's like, oh, man, don't worry, I talk shit all the time, too. And you're like, no, I literally talk about shit. So here's the thing, because I, I stopped doing this a few years back. Nobody noticed, of course. I actually stopped initiating conversations about it. But people start talking to me about it, so I'm forced to talk about it. I do love talking about oh, it, but again, I don't initiate oh, it anymore. Okay, but that story to talk about my favorite topic. Oh, well, no. because it's bad for my image to be known as the guy that just likes toilets. You know, like Pepto Bismol hasn't sponsored me; it hasn't paid off in any way, Cinder. And so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, so before we get started, actually, I would like to make an announcement, Cinder. I'm very happy. Yes. I finally made Lord in Dota Underlords. Nice. It was a very congratulations long and grueling process. This is not me being sarcastic. I know I'm very sarcastic in general. I worked very hard for for this, even though I know it's 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 just Lord. It was the most stressed I have ever been in my entire life when it comes to video games. And keep in mind, I used to play really? professionally in Counter Strike back in the day, and then I played semi professionally in like the Counter Strike Source days. I was never this stressed. I never had this much ladder anxiety. None of that. Underlords, like I was, if you go back two weeks, I was literally screaming at my mic, like raging really hard at my monitor. And it wasn't until my beautiful girlfriend, you know, let me realize that I'm a real piece of shit and I need to STFU and I just need to calm down. You know, it, it's just a game. I do still feel that I'm a very unlucky person in general when it comes to just pure RNG, but you just got to take it as it is. You know, sometimes it's out of your control. So what I did, Cinderin, is mm -hmm. I started... You someone else play on your account. Incorrect. So actually, if, if you want to okay. hear about the progress, because this is actually interesting. So a few couple months back, the Underlords tournament that I went to, I was like Big Boss 3, I think. So I was stuck between Big Boss 3 and Big Boss 4 for so fucking long like probably a month and a half to two months because there was a patch every two weeks, as you know, that just yeah. flips everything upside down. So I have to relearn everything. And this is a new genre for me. So it's like I'm starting from the ground up. It's not like I have a huge card game experience or anything like that. I didn't play that much auto chess. Mm -hmm. So eventually I started, I actually felt like I was getting better as I was grinding. And then I got to a point where I was getting like mid big boss five, but I just could not finish it. And I would get really angry because people would take my builds and whatnot. So I just stopped getting angry. You know, you just put that out the door. And I played three builds only the entire time. I spammed them. If somebody else went them, I didn't give a fuck. I did it anyway. And it worked. So yeah. So yeah. Mm, as far as I'm aware grind. about the math, I don't know what the exact meta is right now because I haven't played for like a week and a half or whatever, two weeks. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to tier one units, it's almost irrelevant what other people have <clears throat> and when it comes to tier two units it's a bit relevant and then it starts getting very relevant yeah that's that's <clears throat> sorry because the, the way it works is uh, i'm sure you know this but i'll just say it anyway to to explain it so in the game uh there's a set pool of heroes that is about two thousand, and tier one units there's 45 of each which means that out of the total pool of tier one units Let's just, I don't remember exactly how many tier ones there are, but let's say there's 10 different ones, which is probably an exaggeration. But let's say there's 10. Um, you have 
10% on each roll of getting the one you want whenever you're rolling a tier one in that case. Every time one is taken out of the pool relative to the entire pool, it's a very little change. Whether mm -hmm. there's 40 out of 450 or 45 out of 450 is a relatively small probability change. Um, it starts getting way more significant when you reach the higher levels because there's a smaller pool of the heroes. But a lot of the time in the past, I would find myself being like, oh shit, there's two other people going tiny, I will not go tiny. And then suddenly you realize that, well, in some games, you are the one getting nine tinies when the other ones have three right? and the other way around. And, and it's, it's just, not you know. just for individual units, it's for strategies. Because again, I was saying yes. I was doing three strategies and I was forcing them. Yeah. If there was another person going it, like a couple back, a couple weeks back, I would get very upset and had to switch it up and it's ruined my game because I can't play these other units a lot of the time or these other comps. If I somebody else is going your strat, gets, it's not that big of a deal. If it's two it others, gets relevant when they're Exactly. Two or more. That's why. Yeah, so right now, I would say that. So I, I know I'm going to get messages about this. So for me, the strats that I was going in terms of weakest to strongest, number three was knights. If I had mm -hmm. a free knight game, I would take it. If I got like fault from grace, I would, I'd go for it. Number mm -hmm. two was primordial mage assassin, which we have a guide on Dota Cinema. I really like that strat. You just frontline tiny and viper, and you get puck and morphling and all that and it's it's a lot of fun that one had the problem with that one is a lot of people are going like arc warden so that one's a little bit harder to two star these days and then the first yeah. strat which i was actually spamming like super hard the last few games and i got first like three times in a row to get lord scrappy assassins is amazing i think that is the best strategy right now by far huh. it is super good especially if no one else is going scrappies but Big fan of that one. You get like what's Slark. The, <clears throat> what's the what's the assassins you run in that? Uh, towards the end game, it's always going to be probably bounty hunter. If I want the six the six scrappies, but if I find techies, mm -hmm. I could theoretically replace them and go to level nine and just get another assassin. But typically, it's bounty hunter, sand king for the crowd control, and then the third one can kind of go up in the air. But it's almost always Slark if I can find three stars. Because uh, he Do you gets think the, Slark is the a better armor. unit than PA. Third. I know that there's some friends of mine that feel that they're interchangeable. They're very close. Okay. I think it's... I prefer Slark personally, but I also look at the... That's something I learned over time as well, is you need to look at what people are going. If literally no one is going Slark, you go Slark over PA, in my mm -hmm. opinion. But if it's... Few, few people are going Slark, you can go with PA. You know, So it, it just depends. So yeah. In my own experience, I don't know if the units got rebalanced since then. I think the, those two assassins are unchanged. Uh, I would say if you have Mask of Madness, I've had, I found they're both incredible, obviously. But I think the subset of rounds where Slark 3 does not take off compared to PA is higher. Because what PA does is she blinks into the backline and almost one-shots a unit. And then mm -hmm. she kind of snowballs the backline, whereas Slark always needs to build up. So if he's right. playing against like Hexes or against you know a backline that's relatively tanky it just takes too long uh i think yeah i, I think personally think three star pa yeah. is the better unit but okay I, you're not the only person that thinks that i i prefer but the slark, slark one's still, so rewarding it feels so rewarding when it, it does and i think the, the idea behind the fact that assassins are really good or the reason that they're so good with scrappy is because scrappy is just an endless like if you get techies by the way that chain reaction is actually super legit but so yeah finally made it so I'm very happy about that. All right, let's move on to the old dotes. There's not that much news oh, this week. Actually, we... just a very quick yes. comment here. As somebody in chat just pointed out, you're still, your category for the podcast right now is Artifact. Oops. Let me switch sure that up, guys. I'm to change that. 
Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. You know, every time I play Artifact, a bunch of people come into the stream and they're like, is this game dead? I thought this game was dead. That's the only comments that they make. Why did this game die? It's the only comment. Just enjoy the game for the five people that want to play it, Cinderin, which you're not <laughs> one of them anymore. So, all right. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about is the DPC season. Nothing's been announced from Valve. Are you expecting something this week? Like roster locks um, and anything like that? Probably really soon, right? I would. The first think so, major yeah. qualifier, I think, is mid October. Something like that. So when would you, if they came out with or roster, bitterly. how do they do it now? Is there still roster locks? Is, does it work the same way? I can't even remember anymore. I think that I think they'll do something. I think they'll do the same as last season with the rosters, where you're allowed to swap players around, but then you pay DPC. I see. So the players hold the points when. So they if move. you said mid October is the first tournament. I think so. Yeah. Wait. What's wait? What was the exact situation last season? I couldn't tell you. No. Wait. The pl- did the player the orgs held the points right, and then when players left, the orgs lost points, but the players didn't carry them with them. I actually yes. can't remember. I think the players did not get points this time. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yes. The, the TI seven or TI eight season players carried points with them. TI yes. nine season they didn't. So Correct. yeah, we'll see. I think that's how it was. Yeah. Do you think there that was the a, there was a penalty for moving players? Right, and, and there will be that again. So there's going to be a lock, as it were, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. At, do you think that should be relatively close to the first minor, or it needs to be a couple of weeks before? Like, what date range do you think works, in your opinion? I think for the first set, it's not as important. Um, if you want to do it like flexible, I think it gets more important as the season progresses. But ideally, you want to ro- uh, lock rosters like I would say two weeks before the qualifiers every time on average. Mm-hmm. I think on the first one, you could make it even one week before. I don't think it matters that much. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. All right. In other news, no the clue. battle pass has now officially ended, Cinder, in the TI9 battle Rest pass it is. in peace. In a tweet, Valve says the international battle pass has now concluded. Thanks to the Dota community for a great international season. In a few weeks, we'll release an update to Dota Plus that includes some of the assistant features from the battle pass, as well as a few new item sets. So what are these assistant features? Is that like the magical physical damage graph at the top left that is now gone? What about coaching? Like what stuff from this battle pass do you think should be standard in game? (laughs) I'm trying to remember what was in it of those things. It's shoveling. Hard to remember exactly what those things were. <laughs> yeah, shoveling will probably not be there. That's too bad. Uh, what was in the game? That was uh, definitely they had the like top the graphs thing. and stuff at the end. We of the had game. ranked roles, but that got introduced to everyone. Right. Uh, the special I, graph I, at honestly, the end of the game. The uh, yeah. What else is there actually? I don't even. I don't avoid player actually. function. Somebody's saying in chat. Oh, that's true. that one might get into Dota Plus. Stack timing? Totally yeah, chat's one. helping us out big time. Right, stack timing, yes. Okay, yeah. I think those features that we you just mentioned all of them. will be in Dota Plus. What about, yeah, I think so. What about coaching? I don't know if that was successful enough. Like, the thing about it was I think people almost exclusively did it who were completionists that wanted to get the battle pass points, even though it was a terrible trade-off in terms of time invested. Yes. Uh, and wanted to try it for fun. But I feel like this, I feel like it will be used very little. Uh, but is there a no downside reward. to use? Maybe it. if you make a reward with shards. No, there's not a downside as long as people can select. I don't want a coach mm. uh, when they play. That's not a. Problem, what do you I think suppose. about these op- these 
functions being in the game for only Dota Plus? For example, uh, I don't mind as long as they're quality of life, right? And but, that's what they are. Well, the reason that's I'm bringing this up is specifically stack <clears> timing. <throat> when you hold Alt, you see the timing for the stacks. Yeah. For newer players, that means you have to pay to kind of under like. There's no way to really learn this without. Just I think that one. I think online. that one is a gray area, and I can definitely see it, there being a case for that being available to all players because it kind of is. It's like a help rather than, you know, just something fun to have or whatever but at the same mm -hmm. time it has very minimal impact on gameplay um I, like what, what we're getting at here is if this is pay to win right like that's what you're what you're kind of going for is no you could argue oh. that oh. it is an advantage in the game to have dota plus that's okay right? that sure that's not where i was actually so going it was more like, like the newer player experience that's actually it feels bad oh, that you okay. have to pay so to get what you, you mean if it's useful learn. for them to have it um a bit i guess but i think for newer players stacking is very irrelevant overall i think that's an intermediate thing already mm -hmm. um i think new players you want to try to get last hits you want to try to cast your spells you want to learn how heroes work what it means to take a tower um how you kill roshan you know i i think stacking the jungle is not something that's important in dota for your first like actually important probably not for your first 500 hours like i mm -hmm. it it's not that big of a deal. Um, okay. But, and then the damage breakdown, I don't know if I would consider that a help. I think in the whole time I've had it, I've not used it. Actually, you're a pro player. I've used it. Um, <laughs> I've used it. Right. It can probably, if you're not completely aware of what the enemy team composition really does in the game, it can maybe give you pointers as to what type of items you should buy. Like, oh, wow, they're dealing a lot of magic damage or, oh, wow, they're dealing a lot of physical damage. Yeah, that's the exact so, scenario. Again, it's kind of a helping hand uh in terms of like figuring out what direction the game is going in but again i've i don't know i i, so I don't worry too much about it to be honest so i this is what i think um let me rephrase what i said because i i understand why you took it that way i i don't think these are pay to win personally okay i think they should come with the game so that newer players can have access to it if right. they want i don't see so why this what, needs to be behind a paywall at all personally if if you want to have something like Dota Plus, you need to have something that you know is appealing that you're paying for. If mm -hmm. you take all of the Dota Plus features and put them into the game for everybody, why would you have Dota Plus? Like at that point, That's a you're good paying point. for what are you paying for? You're paying for the voice lines and you're paying for the hero progression system and, and some sets, cosmetics potentially. And for me, that is pretty much everything I use it for. So. Uh, I personally wouldn't mind, and I for me it's worth the five dollars because I think the voice lines are fun. I like the progression of finishing relics on my heroes. I've bought two of the sets, I think, or whatever. Um, but for the average person, I think you know you look, you're playing Dota, you're a fan, you're like, oh, oh, there's this thing called Dota Plus. I could pay a monthly fee for this to get some cool stuff. You're gonna look at the value proposition, right? Anybody's gonna do that. You're like, mm -hmm. is this worth it? And if there's nothing in it that makes it feel like this is enhancing my gameplay experience, I think you lose a lot of customers if you take out everything else than just the shard system, basically, right? That's what it boils down to at that point. I would love to... I know this is never going to get released. I wonder how much money they make on it. Like, is it enough for them to really care that much about it? Because if you look at the, the amount that no Battle clue. Pass makes, like, there's no way they make remotely close to what the battle pass just made right throughout right. an entire year i would be shocked 
But so, I think um, there is something valuable about this as a concept. I'm not sure why they haven't put more uh, effort and more stuff in this than they have. Perhaps it's because they don't want it to be, how to say, to overflow. It's a policy that I think they've employed in the past where uh, there were times that they released a lot of chests and a lot of items outside of TI as well. And then <clears throat> there's diminishing returns, right? <clears throat> so if you put a lot of stuff in the Dota Plus, perhaps uh, perhaps there's some diminishing returns somewhere down the line. So, and also like the amount of hours they put into it effective man hours maybe it's better to spread it out over time than to make a really big splash with tons of stuff um right. so what i'm what i'm getting at is i think even if this isn't making a lot of money right now the longevity of it is what has value is that all of the stuff that they've already made uh for new players that get dota plus it has value um and then it's about finding this balance where you introduce new stuff that makes people want to stay subscribed and i think they're kind of I would guess that they're kind of experimenting with it internally or talking about like what direction should we take is in because it was supposed to be a replacement for the uh, major battle passes, right? Not the TI one, but for the other ones. Mm -hmm. So perhaps they're going to find some integration with the competitive circuit outside of just shard betting. Um, maybe they will make some favorite team stuff. Uh, rewards for watching Pro Dota, which they haven't really had. Um, something like this, possibly. Yeah, no, yeah. the point yeah, about... I, I, Adding this extra features to Dota Plus makes sense, but at the same time, it's not like it makes or breaks the Dota Plus. Like, do you really think these small little things makes or breaks it in terms of value proposition like you're talking about? I, I feel like there's a certain amount of things that they maybe they should revisit in terms of just having it available to everyone from just the beginning. Mm. Like... This I know that it's not helpful to you, like the magical, pure, and physical damage. Right. That's very helpful for I, a player like me. I, like, I can totally see that. Like I'm, I'm not going to argue against it. Uh, I think the one argument you could make is that if you put all of this stuff on the screen for newer players, it can get a bit overwhelming, perhaps. Um, yeah, that's, that's but fair. it should just be optional, I guess. You could just toggle it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to answer, right? Because we don't know how valuable this is and how they are the ones who have the data, right? And there's probably, I don't know how you would check this, but maybe you could look at, okay, how many people have Dota Plus and how many shards do they spend? Mm. And if people aren't spending very many shards, you're going to have to assume that, okay, they're using the level up system for the heroes or they're using the other functionality in the game because they think it's nice and useful to have. Um, I don't know how you would isolate those factors as a company like this and just be like, okay, how do you figure out who is strictly using it for just the on-screen stuff and they think it's worth it? Um, I think it's just, it's kind of maybe a gut feel thing where they feel like if you don't add any sort of functionality to the game like that, they just feel like it's not worth it. Or, you know, it's like, it maybe it's like the icing that will get extra customers or keep people subscribed because they get mm -hmm. used to having this functionality and then when they lose it they feel like oh that sucks right yeah that's, that's another true. part of it is when you get it, it's similar to what we've had with like ranked roles or the avoid list right now that people are used to having the avoid list if it gets taken away they really want it back right mm. uh that's why people are hoping the avoid list gets into dota plus and i think that would be a great move because i think I specifically think people will buy Dota Plus just for the avoid list. Some people are really pissed with some of the teammates they get. And would I love to avoid would. Them. I think that's you know what they call a killer. You know what a killer app is? 
No, I don't think I've it's heard of that. it's like it's a killer application. It means mm-hmm. like back in the day when a console came out, there was an exclusive game. It's so good that one game, like Halo, right. for the original Xbox, right. you have to buy the yeah, console. Okay. That's I a killer app. Then. The yeah. Avoid Player feels like it would be the killer app function for <laughs> for Dota for Plus. Dota honestly, yeah, yeah. I could that's see that. a nice one. And the funny thing is, as far as we know, it doesn't even do anything. Is there proof that it does any? It uh, could be placebo. Like, has it? It has not failed me a single time. Okay. So as so you've never think. been in the same team as somebody I avoided a single okay. time. I've been and against them. How many people can I've you avoid? Answered. Do you know? Is there a limit? I think you can have. What was it? You could have on your list at once. I want to say you could have twelve. Oh, that's but it. Maybe it was more. I don't oh, remember wow. how many. When you started adding more, the list would just you know. It would just get pushed out of the bottom of the ah, list. Is there a way to manage so, it, like or to view or anything? Somebody like in that? chat is saying sixteen or twelve. I don't remember. Uh, yes, you could view it in the game. I don't think I can do it now, obviously, but you could yeah. see what your avoid list. Okay. Well, you're gonna have to keep us updated if one of the avoid players that you put on there is somebody you match up with in the coming days, Cinder. Now that the option's not available to you. That's that could happen. Actually, that's true. Uh, okay, so moving on, I, we were gonna talk about a roster, a fanatic roster. What I want to do, Cinderin, is. Mm-hmm. Maybe save this for an episode where we can talk about all the roster shuffles sure. and maybe That's talk about a good idea. Yeah. like a lot of rumors maybe because I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now. But I don't th- feel like there's enough solidified information for us to really talk about a lot of it. So maybe just hold Fair it enough. off for a week or two. Yeah. So if you guys are really curious, Fnatic announced their roster, but we will do like an episode with all the rosters. So if you're yep. a Fnatic fan and you missed it, look it up. Lazies. So this one, I wouldn't classify it as a roster shuffle necessarily, but it's an interesting mm-hmm. one. Dendi announced that he's making his own organization. What do you think about this? I think he is the kind of player whose brand is so powerful that this can actually work. And I think mm-hmm. this is a limitation that most players have is that they haven't either worked enough on their brands or they have tried to work on it, but they just haven't made it big enough. Uh, but Dendi's name itself should be able to bring in sponsorships. If he knows how to run a company and just handle this kind of stuff or it gets people to help him with it i definitely see this being possible i think there will be uh especially endemics i think that will want to sponsor his team uh, because of his name alone and it's like almost regardless of what players he gets just sponsoring the dendy team he is one of the i want to say one of the three biggest names in the game uh or maybe two five years ago hands down number one not even close Three years ago, probably the same. But we're kind of starting to reach the point where someone like Arteezy is reaching very high levels of popularity. I don't know if Dendi is like the biggest name now, but he's probably still... There's probably still more people that know him by name than Arteezy because of the like history. Especially right? people not into Dota, right? Yes, that's a good point too, right? If you count Dendi them, then Dendi's easily number one, I think, still. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I wish him the best. I think it's it's yeah. harder than it looks uh, based on my experience. And I think based on my uh, kind of perspective, seeing what other organizations have done, I don't think, and again, we have no information on what's actually going on, but I personally don't think purely player-owned orgs last uh, for the long haul. It ends up always ending up being like some sort of hybrid. So like secret... OG, mm-hmm. they end up being hybrids. Hybrids are great. I think that's yeah. actually the best way to do it. But if it's purely player owned, it might f- find success if you like destroy in game like OG did. But eventually, you're yeah. going to get a buyer, right? So you have to do hybrid yeah. in some sort. So 
I think that's the the future for esports is hybrids, which means, of course, both org and team or player owned. Yeah. Um, you're gonna need to explain this next one to me. So there were some rank okay. changes that were announced. Let me just read yeah. what uh, Wickram posted. Uh, when was this? This was September 5th, so five days ago. Over the next few weeks, we'll be experimenting with toggling strict solo queue on and off to see the impact it can have on match quality and matchmaking times. The primary reason we initially added this feature was because there was a much larger discrepancy in motivation between players competing for solo MMR and players competing for party MMR, resulting in a poor experience overall. This discrepancy is not as pronounced now as before, and each option that does a hard split of the matchmaking pools has to be considered carefully as it has a direct influence on the matchmaker's ability to find the best matches available. Not going to lie. Halfway right. through that, I stopped understanding what it meant. Okay. I can I explain really this. It. It's not really that complicated. Maybe the wording is a bit hard. So uh, if you remember when party and solo queue were separated in MMR, mm -hmm. uh, the consensus of the community was that solo MMR is the one that matters. Party MMR is just for fun. Yeah. Uh, so what would happen is if you would queue for a Dota game as a solo player and you would not tick the box strict solo matchmaking, you could get paired with a party in your team. So you would mm -hmm. be a solo player and two two stacks against five solo players. And the party players would fuck around. They would have fun. They would pick roaming whatever because they were just party queuing, right? Haha. -ha. And then you would lose solo MMR and they would lose party MMR. So because of that, people were pissed and they wanted a way of only playing solo. So everybody did solo ranked matchmaking. Now that there's only one MMR that is regardless of whether you queue as a party or solo, this whole mentality is kind of shifting because now when you party queue, you're trying to win because it affects your, your MMR, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why now they can try to remove strict solo matchmaking to make matches that are as close as possible in actual MMR rather than as close as possible with strictly solo players. Um, and then it comes down to, this is something that I think you need a lot of data to do correctly with this kind of system is how much value is there inherently in being a party? compared to being a solo player. Is a party of two 5k players a lot stronger than two solo 5k players that get matched together? Is their inherent synergy and communication worth a lot or not? Because that's something where there can seriously be some placebo, I think, where you can feel like when you win, oh man, we won because we communicated so well and we played our lane so great. And in reality, maybe you could have played with a random player and it would have been almost the exact same. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's where their data will be super handy. So that's what they're trying, I think. And they'll see so how, how does much that this, matters. So how does this currently affect people? Like, I've seen some people really dislike this experimentation. Uh, it has pretty much zero impact on the very high levels. So I haven't really experienced it much because we almost exclusively five-man party queue at the highest level because the algorithm, there's not enough players to choose from. If you imagine you take the high player pool of, like, let's say a 1,000 players and half of them solo queue and half of them party queue, the games will, for the solo cures, they just don't have a big enough player pool. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is that almost everybody's just five-man stacking to get good games. So what if uh, you're a high MMR player, you don't have any friends? Then you play solo queue, but the games are very volatile and very different in skill. Uh, there's a much bigger range right now that people get to play with. As far as for, let's just say, Divine players or whatever, I think... Um, Maybe people are over it because this is the kind of thing that's a bit tricky about this is that it's very easy to have recency bias or whatever and be like, oh, man, I played with this party and they were stupid. You know, they didn't talk to us or stupid. They, 
or they failed, you know, these two friends were just throwing the game by doing stupid shit. And then if you think back, you're like, okay, well, if it was two solo players, they might have also done that. Mm. I think the problem, the big problem with this potentially is abuse. I think that is where the issue lies, is if parties start abusing solo players for not doing what the party wants. That's Mm. where I see a problem. In terms of overall skill or game uh, contribution, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Do you feel there's any benefit to having an in-house league now? Um, so think of it this way maybe not the same in-house leagues that we're used to where they just play in like mm-hmm. a private lobby or something like that but perhaps an in-house type system for the high level players that they can get matched up with ahead of time uh, like four other players to create a party because you don't have four friends to play with at that point in time and you can get a yeah. high level game at a you know a better queue time or whatever do you think there's any I think there maybe are, some way to implement that into Dota itself there are a couple of ways of making some really cool stuff for the very high players the question is if valve think it's worth it right because it's kind Mm -hmm. of a in a way it's a self-regulating system where we just deal with what we have if it's party queue we play party queue because we want to play good dota and if that's where the good dota is that's what we're going to play but there are some potential solutions that could make uh solo queue really good for high mmr players as well I think something that I would love to have them try experimenting with is something like called Call to Arms, where let's say every half hour, the game sends out a notification to all top 500 or top 1,000 players saying, Call to Arms, queue now for a good game. So it like encourages people to queue at the same time. You know, you have a limited player pool. You kind of have to try to herd them into playing together. And if you don't have this, people are going to queue. They're going to be like, oh, I'm online. I want to play Dota. You queue now. And then everybody is spread thin instead of congregating at one time to make the good games that it can, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would be really interesting to try. Um, well, you can could I make interject some, real quick yeah, and just say that ahead. there's 0% chance they're going to call it Call to Arms because that's the first set for Artifact. So <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> The call is not Call to Arms. Um, <laughs> they, could make, um, they could make some sort of a different ladder implementation like you said maybe there could be an in-house league uh, inside the game where it, it's kind of similar in a sense to the call to arms thing where once you reach a certain bracket or whatever there is a different queue system which you know they've already hard-coded in exceptions for very high mmr because their systems don't work that's just how it is like when you have this few players you have to make exceptions to the rule you have to hard code solutions because no matter what system you make that benefits the millions it will not benefit the thousand highest it right. just doesn't yeah it makes you sense. can't make a system that's good for everybody so if you're doing that anyway maybe you could implement something along the lines of top whatever get put in a special pool and uh, within that special pool there's some sort of in-house system kind of again mm-hmm. that could encourage people to be like uh this is the average rank player that is queuing right now try to queue now for a good game or encourage people again to queue at the same time i think that is the best possible way of fixing if you will solo qmmr at the highest range right now Um, but it's challenging i think it's pretty hard yeah okay uh next thing on the agenda cinderwin 7.22 g i don't know if i've ever seen g have you seen a g before no i think it's the first g i'd have to go back and see like this dota one patches i still don't remember there being a g that's i remember f yeah, there's been F. Having been there before. But and G does come this after is a F. long one. So this is going to be the last patch, balance patch, until the next huge one, which will include two heroes in fall, quote unquote. 
whatever that means. That could be when does fall officially start? Is it sometime in mm, September? Yeah, mid September, and then it ends in December, I think. Yeah, so it could be any time in that range. But I w- personally think that they would probably come out with it before the first minor major, wouldn't you think? Like, wouldn't it be weird my, to have the same minor my major, optimistic same patch? Yes, is early October. Okay, that's my optimistic guess. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they're further with it than we think. Yeah. Generally, historically, when Valve give like a broad range, when they say this summer or this fall or whatever, they have they tend to do it toward the later part, mm-hmm. which would mean November, December. So it could also be that the first major minor is played with the set of heroes we have now. And then when the major is over, they're going to drop right, let, the patch. And people let's are talk about that possibility. If the first minor major on the same patch, essentially, might, the, these mm-hmm. changes we'll talk about in a second. Do you think that's a bad thing? Mm, not necessarily. I think we might need a little bit more balanced tweaks. So we need an, an H. <laughs> but, <laughs> H for uh, Horus, man. We're almost there, but man. That's crazy. This is not. This is not an inherently bad patch. The problem at TI was just that there were six or seven or eight heroes that were just too good. But if you nerfed those, I don't think I mean, the I, flow of the game or the player or the hero pool is bad or the item pool. I think it's fine. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad match. I mean, it's, it's more about how, you know, the one time that pretty much everybody that's into Dota is watching a lot of Dota is during TI. So it mm-hmm. might feel a little stale in general for a lot of people that are seeing I mean, that's so- fair. similar amount I, of heroes. I think that's fair to see. Yeah. All right. Um, so for this patch, what what caught your eye we're obviously not going to go through the whole thing but right um so the main thing is that it's a nerf patch i think that's the main thing i want to mention almost everything in the patch is nerfs Mm. uh nerfs of popular items nerfs of uh popular heroes and very minor or very few buffs to very clockwork heroes clockwork got buffed and coddle got buffed and lycan got buffed and Night Stalker got buffed. And it's like all of these heroes were almost unpicked at TI or very mm-hmm. little picked. Venno got buffed. Ursa was unpicked. He got buffed too. And Undying got buffed as well, who was almost unpicked. And then all of the broken heroes from TI more or less got nerfed. Tiny got nerfed. Io got nerfed. Chen got nerfed. Enchantress got nerfed. Elder Titan got nerfed. And Alchemist got nerfed. And I think those were kind of the top six that people thought were the most like overpowered heroes of of TI. So I'm not very surprised. Mm-hmm. And then we've had some minor minor tweaks. Again, the heroes, some of the heroes have been nerfed slightly additionally by the item changes and the one extra, the one general bullet point of the whole patch, which is neutrals give 5% less bounty. It says basic neutrals, so not ancients, but all the other ones. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that means give 5% less bounty. So that's a nerf to Alchemist. In addition, Alchemist's favorite item build got nerfed because Face Boots is worse, Chainmail is worse, and Bracer is worse. So you can see there's like a very clear like mm-hmm. trajectory of these patch changes of what it's like trying to do. Uh, oh yeah, Void got nerfed too, by the way. He was also really good at TI. Um, so yeah. It's a good patch overall. Um, the majority of heroes that really need a nerf got them, if not all of them, but... I'm not sure if it's enough on certain heroes. That's what you need more data for. But yeah. It's a step well, in the right I, direction. I personally love the idea of Void, as in Night Stalker's Void, not doing half damage during daytime anymore. That, fucking finally. Are you going to start playing Night Stalker again, buddy? Man, I remember yes. your mid-Night Stalker days. Those are some fucking <laughs> great... Oh, man. I, You know, that's the one... This is the thing. I think that Dota, in terms of patches, is in the best place it's ever been. If there's one thing I miss in Dota, 
I'm not talking about Han because I can give you a whole shitload of stuff that I wish was in Dota from Han. But the thing that I miss is like some of these mid heroes. There's just so much more unusual. Like Night Stalker was a thing. Shadow Demon, Lich, Lion, Dazzle. Mm -hmm. Well, you see a little bit of Dazzle every now and then. But like these crazy heroes. Like even in like TI2, TI3 era with Rubik mid, Dendi's Rubik. Like I miss these heroes being played mid. That's one thing. I don't know how you would actually change that, but... uh, that is something I definitely miss. That's fair. I mean, in a way, though, when they do become popular mid, your opinion would shift, right? Because then they're just another mid hero. So what's attractive about them is that they're crazy, right? Or do, do you just mean you like those heroes as cores in general? I just like... Well, it's not like they were primarily played just as mids. Like, Lion wasn't just a mid. He I think also Rubik played... was almost exclusively a mid at TI2, Rubik right? is Yeah, Rubik is the exception. But he's like a very flashy hero, so I feel like it's okay, right? Okay. But a lot of these other heroes just pure support, and then sometimes were played mid. And yeah, I'm seeing fair. some play- players like Sumail pub with like AA, for example, in the mm-hmm. mid lane, which is really cool. Like I want to see more shit like that, you know? Yeah. So hopefully that. But I mean, absolutely. Just to finish off this Night Stalker thing, mm-hmm. this is a huge buff, and I think this was a nerf he never should have had. I think. Wasn't it um, always like that? How do you mean? Didn't Void always do half damage during daytime, or am I crazy? It's done half damage during daytime for, I think, two years. Only two years? In all of the hero's history. Huh. The, for, for, so oh, but the slow was less around? before, right? Yes. This hero has okay. been around for, I think, I want to say 12 or 13 years when you count Dota 1. Yeah. And this Void thing with damage being halved has only been a thing for two years out of that entire span. And it almost killed the hero. Like it, it saw play uh, because of the new ulti. But I just thought design-wise, it's a, it's not enjoyable. Like I think Night Stalker. What makes the hero cool is that you feel like at night you are a monster. You're like borderline overpowered, but you have a cycle, right? You're strong mm-hmm. at certain points of the game and weak at other points. And it's fine that he's weaker during the day, but he was so bad at day that it was absurd, like how weak you are. And you need to strike this balance where you're clearly weaker at day. It's fine that you're weaker than every other hero in the game at day because you're stronger at night. But you can't be so bad that you're like almost useless. Mm. Um, and then when they rework Darkness into Dark Ascension, I think the cooldown of Dark Ascension is higher than of Darkness. So the total amount of night you have during the game is shorter as well. Uh, but then during that nighttime, you're stronger than before. Um, so... Yeah, the hero, I, I'm just super happy this is back because now it feels like you actually have a laning presence. Like you can actually play with somebody in lane and not be complete garbage. You're still weak, but you're there. Out of um, curiosity. And that's I, more fun to play. So this is an so. indirect buff. Maybe it's, maybe you can consider it's a direct buff to his Aghanim Scepter, which is an AoE void. Yes, absolutely. Do you like Ags on him? I, it sounds really good in theory. I've and heard it feels good. like an item that's, you know, he picked it up in the past, so it's not like he doesn't like the stats or anything. Have you played with it yourself yeah. at all? I have only demoed it. Um, and I, my gut instinct when I did it was like, yeah, this is okay. But mm. my gut instinct with Io was also, this is okay. And that was she was broken as fuck. So uh, I think I've seen it played like twice in games, I think. And when you are in, I think what's worth considering is that this is really good when you're in Dark Ascension. And it's good when you're not. Um, the reason being, it's an aura around you. When you cast Void, everyone in 900 range gets hit. So obviously when you can fly, you can position yourself way better to yeah. reach the whole enemy team and flank them and whatnot. Um, 
this axe is super good when it hits like three or four targets in a team fight. They all get slowed. They all take damage. It's super annoying to deal with. Uh, and you can't really itemize against it, I think, because apart from BKB, I don't even know if Lincoln's blocks this. Maybe it does. Maybe it casts like a single target void on all of them. Hmm. But even then you pop Lincoln's, right? That's also I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say so. it does not, just based on the fact that Goo, when you get uh, Ags on Bristleback, it does not, right. Lincoln's does not block it anymore. Which is okay. a somebody indirect saying it doesn't block it either. So that's also like you're kind of guaranteed to land this on every target that doesn't have yeah. BKB on. Uh, it's it's a good item. All right. Definitely. Mental note to try Night Stalker in my pub soon. Uh, last yeah. thing I want to mention this patch, Cinderin. The biggest mm -hmm. change by far is Lycan's Aghanim Scepter Summon Wolves spawn amount from two to three and the gold bounty reduced from 20 to 15. Still the worst ags in the game. By I hate far. This <laughs> I just, like, conceptually, I also just think it's... What if you could yeah. choose the lane that you go to? Like a little drop-down do menu that? comes down and you just multiple choice. <laughs> top, Where would you like to call your forces, Sire? <laughs> yes, and it's voice activated. Yeah. So, like, if you're playing VR and Dota, which God knows you're getting destroyed <laughs> already, you can use any benefits you want. Hey, Google, spawn your wolves... Spawn my wolves in top lane. No, not my phone turned on again. God damn it, Google. Stop listening to me. Top. It's still oh. it's listing everything I'm saying. Shut up, phone. All right. So And then it just puts them in. I, I still I, bad. I'm, huh? not, I'm not a fan of this design. I have I've talked about it in length. Forget about the design. I think this is not good. What the, what needs to be the next step to make it good? Like for I know you you think a lot of things in the game not a lot, but there's some things in the game that you know that are really good, but you just don't like the design. Right? They're like Good as in they're effective. What mm. needs to be done past this? So three wolves to a random lane now. And they I get think less the random factor is honestly the biggest problem is that you have no control over how this goes. I think okay. either there needs to be a way of deciding the lane or they need to spawn in all three lanes. Three uh, in all three? Of, no. Then you would do two in all lanes or one in all lanes. I think two in all lanes would be broken. I think it's okay. way too much pressure. But maybe one in all three lanes. I think one in all three lanes is more powerful than three in the same lane. Because okay. it means every time that it happens, one enemy hero can go and solve the problem. But if it's constantly in all three lanes, you know, it's kind of like playing... It's not like playing against a lane of racks, but it's like playing against a minor version of a lane of racks. Like you constantly, over time, you will have have to go back and solve your lanes. And that right. generates yeah, that opportunities makes on the map. Okay. And it's an expensive item. Let's not forget, like, this is just talking about the axe in isolation. The stats are garbage on Lycan. It fucking sucks. Like, you're getting it for the effect only. So it if the effect isn't good, it's just I, bad. I don't like that argument, by the way. I don't... I, mean, I think a that part of the a lot of the... I think a lot of the ags don't need to be things that you buy. It's. A, I think it's oh, fine to have... a like, drop or whatever. Yeah, I'm fine with a quarter of the ags in the game to be only worth it if it drops from Roshan. And this is obviously... Oh, I'm not, saying it's an, I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying Lycan would not buy this item if the effect isn't very good. Right. Because okay. the stats are terrible. Fair enough. Compared to other heroes where you're like, this is an okay ags game. I'm going to buy it because my hero likes having ags. Like Nightstalker. Because mm -hmm. the stats are much better for him. What do you think about um, the wolves spawning to the closest lane that Lycan is in? That is something we talked about, I think, previously. We did. I think that's also better. I don't remember what uh, you said. 
that's also better because it gives you control. Like it gives you the potential of doing something with it in the game. Right, and then last second you uh, TP to the bottom lane just to spawn those wolves. Very important, right? You get boots of travel. Easy, well, it's, easy it's game. It's more like if you're making a team move, if you want to go and push a lane, you add pressure to the place you want to go. It also gives away where Lycan is. It does. There's a downside to it. I don't okay. know. Honestly, I feel like balancing and designing this is just hard. Like I can come up with suggestions that are better, but I still don't know if they would be good. Like, no, that's I understand. The I agree so, with you on this one. Yeah, okay. A lot of the weird design ones that you don't like, I like in a lot of cases. This is not one of them. Mm-hmm. I think this is just weird on all levels. I don't like right. it at all. Uh, but, you know, maybe they change in the future. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. This is the final topic of Dota. Knoxville starts a debt tracker. Did you hear about this? I did. So yeah. what he did, guys, is he made a spreadsheet that shows all the talent and players that have yet to be paid for any event that's happened in the past. He's just kind of logging it. And of course think, there's... Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably preface this with, I think he's only logging events that have not paid out after, I think it's six months? Three. It's three or six. Because most events in esports, or at least in Dota, uh, have a payout period of generally up to three months, but sometimes yeah. it can even be up to six. So they're not really... It's not, I mean, it is technically debt because they owe you the money, but it's within the regular payment period. So I think let all me, the ones he's listing are. Let the me just ones. read his, uh, the outline for him. So the document is merely a tracker of public financial claims by individuals against an organization or event. Only claims over $250 will be shown and only claims related to Dota, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the document by itself isn't declaring anything. It's just a transparent tracker of public claims by individuals. Any counterclaims by alleged debtors will be displayed alongside the original claims, and both parties are able to provide whatever evidence they want publicly, and it'll be listed there. So I think it's a cool initiative. Uh, there's a lot of names on here. <laughs> a lot right. of them from GESC. It takes up half the fucking spreadsheet, but that's not a surprise. Yeah. So what these, nothing, do you think this helps? I mean, what I'm what I'm debating about this is if it's strictly good. That's what I'm thinking. Is is this strictly good? Because you okay. could make the argument that if you're an investor and you want to get into Dota or esports and you hear about this list and you see it, you start questioning the professionalism and if this is something you want to get into. So perhaps this added transparency can be a weakness because now people are more cautious and more hesitant. In terms of keeping people accountable, I'm all for it. I think, you know, I don't want people to get away with shady shit in the game. I want people to pay up. If they sign a contract and they do it, you're, you know, you're paying what you promised. There's no, but, there's no but, 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 you know, you put up a price pool, you pay it. You put up a salary, you pay it. It's that simple. Um, but yeah, that that's my one concern. And I don't know if there's any reason to be concerned about it, but that was the one thing that I could see is that, like, you're a guy, you want to get into esports, you're like, oh, I heard about Dota. And then people are like, have you heard about the list of people that haven't got paid by tournaments and stuff? Do you really want to invest into this game? Because this is not only players, right? This also comes back to the orgs. If the orgs are taking a cut and the tournaments aren't paying, it's harder to run your business and plan your financial year. Um, so I think the pros you know, far, far outweigh the cons on this one. 100% I understand agree. what you're saying. 100% agree. But I just think that perspective has, hasn't even been mentioned by anyone I've seen. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just like, yeah, hell yeah, stick it to the, stick it to the man, you know. And of course, <laughs> uh, but 
keeping all of this tracked and public can look a bit maybe overwhelming to people that aren't as much into esports but want to get in. That's the one thing I see. See, that's the great thing about you, Cinder. You always look at all perspectives. Everyone's like jumping like, blah, 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 blah. and even though they're right for the most part, they're only 95% right. You need to look at that 5%, that little nugget that no think, one is do you looking think it's at. that extreme? Do you think this is 95% good, 5% bad? If you had to put numbers on it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I would Worst case, 90%. 10. Okay. Fair enough. 95 was a 5% potential exaggeration. I apologize, Cinderin. I know you're a very big stickler for this kind of thing. Appreciate it. <laughs> <No, laughs> I really don't, mind. I don't All right. Care. <laughs> so I got an email. A pretty interesting question from uh, Aritra Pal from India. Hello, Suns fan. First of all, I'm a massive fan of this podcast. Please. Oh, here we go. Another fucking. Never stop this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an actual question. I wanted you to know there's someone in India who absolutely loves this podcast. It's not... Five I, out I of five. <laughs> okay, five out of five stars. On. Also, I would love to hear about your thoughts on a mobile version of Dota 2. As you might already know, League of Legends is already coming to mobile. Do you think it's possible for Dota? We already know there are many mobile MOBAs around, so it's definitely possible. Would love to hear your thoughts. So I, I will be transparent. I did not know that League was coming out of mobile. Did you? Yeah, me neither. I had no idea. That's... No. It's wow. got to be a limited version of the game. Yeah. So let, let's talk about I the mean, potential the, for that. Yeah, sure. So I, I think that, like, there's some, I, I can't remember the names of the MOBAs, guys, but there, there's some of them that are, like, 3v3, and obviously it's limited in what you can do. It's not as deep as Dota, which obviously that you're not looking for something as deep as Dota if you're playing on a mobile. Those work. Those are semi-successful. They're fine. I cannot see Dota ever working on mobile not even remotely close you'll be at a disadvantage you'd have to only be playing against other people with mobile that's the only way it yes. would work right it's the only way there's no cross promote or cross yeah. uh whatever what do you think i mean unless like when you think about it right when you think about how a lot of people play dota they play on 30 fps laggy computers bad internet uh you know they have like their own limitations for playing the game whatever it would be so if you consciously make the choice to play it at, at a handicap, then it's your choice, right? Um, you're gonna if you play ranked, you're gonna drop an MMR because over time your your ability to contribute the game is lower and lower. Uh, but then you will just find a new MMR that's your mobile MMR almost, if you will. I mean, would you? I think I think the bigger problem is that the intricacies of this game and the way the engine runs. I don't know what kind of phone can run Dota at a at an even playable capacity. Because I think League of Legends as a game is... You can play PUBG on a phone. I mean, phones are pretty powerful these days. Mm -hmm. It's a stripped-down version, of course, but we're assuming the same yeah, thing to be done. Yeah, of course. Absolutely, it will be a stripped-down version. Um, but, yeah. I mean, assuming that it's... Let's just take that out of the picture. Let's say it's playable. Let's say you can make it. Okay. Uh, the biggest argument is how much will this cost for the player's enjoyment of the game? How much will it cost for your ability to play the game in general and for your teammates' ability to play the game? And how much is it worth? Because Valve have started dabbling a little bit into mobile, but not too much. Uh, I think porting this game to mobile is a huge fucking effort. So they need to. It's be almost like a new game. This is what they I would need to be personally... convinced that this will make money. This is so much work. I think if you want to get into the mobile market for Dota specifically, which I don't, I'm not convinced Valve wants to do, by the way, but mm -hmm. if they did, 
you'd need to make a new mode, like three versus three is a good start, strip down a lot of yeah. mechanics, and you make it turbo mode. Games are only like 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. There is no fucking way you want to play the game for 45 an hour. There's no way. Imagine a techies gets, you're on the toilet, a techies gets picked, and you know you're going to be on that <laughs> toilet for the next two hours. There's no way. There's no freaking way. And there's no way with a mobile device that you could get up. <laughs> but the, the, like, you're you're just do? stuck. In my experience, you can't get up. It's, it's too strenuous. <laughs> you know, non-turbo mode would be perfect for you. You sit down in the toilet, and when you're done, you've played a techies game. But for most people, <laughs> it's not good. Well, so the yeah. other thing, uh, just to reiterate, uh, you do have to make it only mobile. I don't think there's any way you could have PC players playing. It just needs to be completely segregated because there is an inherent advantage to playing PC, period. Even Underlords. Underlords, which is is not even nearly as deep as Dota. Mm -hmm. There is an advantage to playing on PC. Easy advantage. But you are consciously choosing to... When you play ranked Underlords on your phone, you know you're at a disadvantage, but you do it anyway because you want to play a game. It's for your yes. entertainment. You know what the pro- the when you know what the you know what the cost is for your ability to play the game. So you could argue in Dota it would be the same thing that well, I'm on the go. I don't have my laptop or I don't have a way of playing outside of my phone. I really want to play Dota. I know it's going to be worse than my usual experience, but it's better than not playing at all. And that is I think the key argument is is that good enough? And the problem I see, I think with Underlords, it works perfectly fine because it's a single player game. Like The only person you're fucking over is yourself. Uh, in Dota, if it's a team game and you're playing on mobile, you're going to play way worse than you're supposed to. And yes, it will move your MMR down then and you could say over time it will balance. But that is only assuming you play on mobile all the time. What if you play on mobile some of the time and then you get back to your PC or MMR will like stagnate, right? You're just yeah. going to lose on mobile, win on PC. Over the course of a thousand games, that will be the pattern that you'll have. And that is probably overall bad for the enjoyment of the other players in the game. I don't see it being a good thing. So I think exactly what you said. Overall, you could make it, but I don't think having people play mobile plus PC together is good. So you would need to make it mobile only. And in order to invest into that as Valve, you need to feel like this will make so much money that we can have a, a dedicated mobile fan base that want to play only with itself and <clears throat> largely be excluded from the possibility to play competitively, right? Unless they make specifically mobile tournaments or people right. can host mobile tournaments. And the thing to keep in mind, if it's similar enough to problems. Dota, right? Which we're assuming this, it's not like Dota Underlords, which is a totally different genre. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate to say this, the Dota community will look down on them as well there'll be toxicity like they're not gonna dota (laughs) god we make the dota community out to be such a piece of shit and a lot of ways they are but maybe that's just how all games are honestly you know it every competitive team game is like this in my experience there are just as many toxic people in csgo there are lots of toxic people in league of legends we were supposed to make a list a tier list of this shit oh true I mean, the, the thing is, I think it's very easy for yourself. The, the community you're most closely connected with is the one you understand the best, and that's where you have the strongest feelings about it. So if you play a lot of Dota and you have bad experiences, you're going to be like, our community is so fucking toxic. That's a good point. But if you, play, if you invest the same amount of time in CS or in League, you will find that it's not the game, it's the human nature. That's the problem. The, so and the difference really that there is that, with the Dota so. community is the elitism, right? Which mm-hmm. has always been there. Like when Han was existing and league like there's a different attitude right. with dota than other games that's the one difference and another example tft coming out for league 
right. the community over there, they loved it. It didn't matter. Like you can say it's a good or a bad game. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. They will like it regardless, I feel. It wouldn't have mattered in this case. Because it's league. Because it's league. It's the same IP that they're so used to. They've never come out with another game before. Like it's just it. Mm -hmm. For Dota, Artifact came out. The announcement came out at TI. <laughs> it was not a good reaction. That is a big difference in the communities, right? I don't Very know if that's difference. a fair comparison to make one-to-one, -one, though, because I think Auto Chess was a way more proven and successful concept than Artifact, which was very exploratory and more of a gamble. Well, put it this way. Forget about the concept of the game. because The, the mechanics and all that stuff and how well it will be received, it doesn't, none of this matters. It's about the fact that it, for Riot, they put out anything, their community mm -hmm. will love it. For us, nothing else has come out. Like, you would think that the Dota community would want other genres to be released with the Dota IP. That sounds amazing to me in theory. That was announced with not mm -hmm. a good reaction, right? So the game what you're saying on. is you think if it was Riot that made Artifact, the yes. exact same game, and launched it, well, it would have been successful. All right, that's no, because they would never have made that game because that doesn't cater to League players at all. You have to cater it a little bit. Like in right. theory, so Artifact does cater to Dota players. The game matters a lot. It, it matters to a degree. That's what I'm saying. Artifact okay. is Dota of the card games, right? It absolutely is. No it caters question. to Dota players. 100%. It caters yeah. to them. Didn't work. Anywho. Right. It's an so interesting So basically, topic. Underlords and TFT both cater to League players because they're like more easily understandable and have less complex. I mean, Underlords, as far as I'm aware, is already way more complex than TFT is. That's yes. as far as I know. Yes. So it still is taking that complexity route, but in the current form, especially the early forms, it was way easier to get into than Artifact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yep. I agree okay. The final thing that we are going to discuss today, which I've been waiting for this for so long, Cinderin, and I know that right. you don't have that much information on it because you're a European. I won't mm -hmm. hold it against you. Guys, we're going to make a fast food tier list. And this is going to be really hard for me to talk about because I'm currently on a diet where I'm not eating any fast food. I'm not drinking any soda. So this is all based on memory and good my mouth you. is going to That's water. Good. I'm going to drool. Thank you. So I had a different, I think I used a different criteria than you, but it's only mm -hmm. because you didn't know half of these places, right? So yeah, Or two thirds I've never been to or had food from. So. Okay. So go ahead. Do your list. I'll do mine after. Um, no, I had a, I had a thought of how I wanted to do this. Um, what was it I was going to say? Do you have A okay, through B, A through C? What? No, here's, here's what we'll do. So I have, let's see, I have out of the whole list, I have 13 places, no 12, okay. 12 places that I knew or have had food from. Uh, okay. I will mention them one at a time, and you will tell me what they are on your rating, and then I will tell you mine, and we'll see the reactions. And then we'll do your final list after. How's that sound? Uh, or do you okay. just want me to go over mine? Because I think the funny thing is when you think I'm completely wrong. or completely How about right. this? All right, do you have... I kept with the same two. So I have S tier, A, B, C, D, F, and then question marks. Yeah. Do you have the same? Mm -hmm. How about we just do it uh, line yeah. by line, starting at the bottom? Sure. Okay. We can do that. Okay. Okay. So question so marks is... Yeah. Whatever. So I do S's, and then you do your S's. Then I do A's, no, no, and no. you do your A's. We start from the bottom, the worst. Okay. All right. Sure. I have given none of them F. 
Hold on. Because uh, I had a question mark one. All right, let me go first then. I'll begin. Okay. Sure. So I have a question yeah, mark section because I haven't had this in 25 years probably. And mm-hmm. I don't think I will like it. There's one coming finally to Arizona. It's called White Castle. You've heard of it? Oh, I've heard of White Castle actually. Yeah. Yeah, there's I a movie about it. it. But I don't think it's that like in theory, I would love fast food burgers, but it has an onion sweat to it, is what they call it. They bake everything. I don't I'm not a big fan of onions. So I don't think I'll like it, but I don't know for sure. So okay. that's my question mark. You have nothing on the F list, the F tier. Nothing. Yeah. Wow. Because okay. I mean, I know it's relative to each other, but there was nothing that I was like, this is so fucking bad. Okay. Like, I have a but clear F. There was some that I was like, this is clearly worse than the rest. <laughs> but, All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so the F tier for me is easily Burger King. It's the worst fucking food you could possibly get. <laughs> it is so goddamn disgusting. It makes you feel sick every time. It's just complete slop. It doesn't even taste good. It's garbage. And there was a time where I used to eat this back in college because they had a an Angus burger, which was really good. Guess what, Cinderin? It's not on the menu anymore. It's they just garbage. It, it was too good. <laughs> this doesn't fit our corporate identity. Sorry. They People want to be the worst burger this. in the in the in the. I was going to say in America, but this is a global brand, so Burger King is the burger worst. Peasant. <laughs> All right, go for the D tier. Okay, so I want to say many? now that you just mentioned Burger King already. So this was your only F tier, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. If I have had Burger King or McDonald's in the U.S., I will rate it based on the Danish experience because we have these chains and they are way better in Denmark than what you're giving Burger King credit for at least. So So you uh, think. Okay. Well, yeah, I definitely (laughs) think so. Okay. So my D tier, and these are all places I've only tried in the U.S., are Taco Bell. Really? It 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 was probably the worst fast food I had in the U.S. It was still all right like it was edible and it wasn't terrible but it wow. was not great okay. okay the fact that the meat is half meat or whatever <laughs> like they m- don't read the text on the the little fine print just eat it you know enjoy I, I, it no for but what you, it can, is. you can fucking taste that if you have my superior <laughs> danish taste buds that haven't been poisoned by garbage food you can i tell. have an evolved taste bud for fast food i know what's it good and what's not, not taste <laughs> like good meat it does not okay so it taco wow wait where okay. did you have taco bell then if you it was so bad. Uh, Seattle? I think I had Taco Bell in California. Oh, that's your problem. California we sucks. Okay. We had Go it. ahead. I mean, okay, now you're making it really advanced because now <laughs> it's also about where you get it. Like, I can't. I haven't had no, it in places. Fine. Okay. The second D tier I have is Wendy's. Okay. Uh, it was probably the most unappealing looking burger I've ever had in my life that I had in Wendy's. And the fries were not great either, the way I remember it. It was pretty soggy. Okay. Um, the burger was very... It was like somebody was there who was about to quit their job. They're like, fuck it, last order. <laughs> and then they just slammed on the patties and the cheese. Oh. And they took like the bread. And they didn't just combine the combine the burger. They literally fucking threw them on top of each other and then smashed them down so that they would fit in the box. <laughs> or whatever. It was, yeah. Sounds like you but went to a bad tasted, one, potentially. It, it tasted all right, but it was not great. So that's a D as well. And I have one third D, uh, which is Jack in the Box. Um, the fuck was, is wrong with you, huh? That Talking was, about my again, Jack? It was okay. Again, we had this together, I think, two or three times uh, when we were doing oh, the hub oh. at uh, at BTS. It was... It was yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think we got the butter burger, maybe. Fine, I we guess. got the butter bun, I think, if I remember correctly. Um 
I don't. Times. We got mainly breakfast. Maybe that's why I'm a bit biased because we had the shit shift. We showed up for oh. work at 4 a.m. to cast breakfast jacks. So, yeah. so we had breakfast jack. I think it's the only I've had. So maybe it's unfair. So you, you haven't they're... had a burger at Jack in the Box. I have only had Jack's breakfast, but it's you know you told me to rate the stuff that I've had, and it was not great. So okay. it was fair enough. It was so that's D. your yeah. that's your D tier. That's my D's. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> we have one that aligns. Uh, first and foremost is Sonic is on my D tier. Sonic is. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's oh, a very I've heard in, the name, but it's it, a very yeah. interesting. I like the idea of Sonic. It's like this old school kind of diner thing where you you drive your car up to a window and somebody rolls out on skates and provides you with your food. It's cool. Burgers are very underwhelming. I have never been impressed by by mm-hmm. Sonic at all. They're just pretty meh. I'm never like I never say, hey, let's go to Sonic. It's just it's never on my radar because it's not. I don't consider it very good. So it is what it is. Uh, next one, and Nikki's going to be pretty mad at me for this one, is Popeye's um, chicken. That's a chicken place, right? Yeah, it's a chicken. Yeah. It's I've been very underwhelmed. Uh, again, I'm not a huge chicken guy. I like chicken tenders and whatnot, but Popeye's, eh, pretty meh. The other one, which many people... Okay, first I'll do this other one. Wendy's is on my list as well. Garbage. Square fucking patties. You sell potatoes, for God's sake? You sell... Chi- I like their chili. But you sell chili at a fast food restaurant? That's unheard of. I don't like Wendy's. Bottom... Of, this is pretty much bottom tier. Right. So above that's Burger the one King. we overlap with, was Wendy's. Yes. And then okay. the other one, this one will make a lot of people angry. There's a lot of people at the BTS house, and anytime I visit anyone in esports, they're excited to go here. Fucking Chick Fil A is the worst, man. Holy Gee. shit! I wow. hate okay, Chick Fil A. That Place will hundred percent be our biggest disagreement. Fucking garbage! No I hate it. Have you considered that you just hate chicken? No, I have a chicken place that's a uh, much higher tier. Okay. Actually, damn. Super. That, I was right. not expecting that. I was. Not I will expecting admit it to be high for you, but D. Wow. I will okay. admit something. That's I will admit one thing. This might be a little biased because I think. Maybe it's not as bad as D. It's just mega overrated. That's what I think. Okay, right. So that might be a tad bias. It might be a C, I'm but actually, I made it a D because I hate. Talking, as we're talking about this, I'm actually revising my list a little bit, but that's okay. fine because you can't see it, right? So I can change my mind. Yes. All right. C tier. Um, go. Yeah. Okay. So on C tier, I have Panda Express. Um, that, okay. It's it's all right. It's all right. Asian food. Uh, we have a lot of. I don't. I wouldn't say like fast food Asian in Denmark. Like, there's plenty of restaurants, but there's no like real chains that we have. It's more like mm-hmm. individual places that have uh, Chinese food, for example. Um, compared to that, it's like around the range of the worse-ish places, not the terrible ones, but of the worst Danish places. So I think C is pretty fair. Uh, it was. It was pretty good. Um, Kind of, I think something that's very American as well about this chain is obviously in America you love uh, a lot of sugar. Oh, and orange chicken, like baby. Your, <laughs> when you have the orange chicken, for example, I feel like maybe, you know, it's a little bit too much for the oh. American taste buds for me. Like it's, it's a little over, it's a little over sweet or it tastes like candy l- chicken. It's great. Yeah. It's love a little it. over the top, I think. That's um, fair. I, I understand. That. Okay. I feel sick then every time on, I eat there. And now you need to remember, this is based on uh, Danish rating as well. I have Burger King on C. Um, Danish Burger King is pretty decent. It's not fantastic, but it's it's pretty good. Okay. Um, KFC. I don't okay. know if I've had that in the US. Uh, but Danish KFC is, again, it's it's pretty good. 
And actually, as we go up this list now, it will only be American places. So th- it's actually kind of hard to make this list make no, sense with itself, but whatever. That's fine. Um, and then finally, I have McDonald's on C as well. Um, okay. Burger King and McDonald's in Denmark are pretty much, they're relatively similar in quality and what stuff they have. Uh, All right. So we, we align either, on a... They're either both C or both B, but we're going to keep them on C. All right. So. Well, we align on a couple of things here. So one thing that we should note, guys, this isn't a perfect list. Because Cinder is only doing stuff he's heard of slash eaten at. I'm yeah. I filtered mine based on what I consider fast food to be, which is it has to have a drive-through. So Panda Express, there are some that have drive-throughs, but overwhelming percentage do not, so it's not on here. Mm-hmm. So things okay. like Five Guys, not on here. It has to have a drive-through for my criteria. So C list. I have McDonald's. Meh. I like the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm never excited to go to McDonald's though. It's meh. Whatever. KFC, we align with that as well. It's chicken. They they used to have this boneless honey barbecue chicken, which I loved. As usual, they get, <laughs> they get rid of that shit, and you get the shit tier, which is C for you. Although their their bowl, their famous bowls are pretty good, but so not amazing. How do you? Why is KFC better than Popeyes? I've never because been. I'm just, just curious. I've just enjoyed like I if. If Nikki's like, all right, let's go to KFC tonight, I'm like, all right, fine. If it's like Popeyes, I'm like, eh, I think I'll get something else. Same with McDonald's. Like, I'm fine if she gets it, but I so don't this love is strictly it. Strictly taste rated because it has nothing to yeah. do with the place. No, it's nothing to do with the right? place. No. Okay. Uh, and then the last one for me on the seat here is El Pollo Loco. It's okay. It's uh, it's Mexican. I consider it a a smaller brother, if you will, to. A poor man's Taco Bell is what I look at it as. Right. It's okay. Nothing special. Why is Chipotle not on the list, by the way? Is that not considered fast food? doesn't have a drive-thru. No, I mean, even on the tier thingy oh, that we for used, you? it wasn't even an option. I don't consider it I fast surprised. food. I don't Maybe think. it's like in between-ish. Yeah. Depends on your okay. criteria. All right, go ahead. B tier, go. Yeah, so I'm going to update my B tier. I actually had it empty, but I'm going to put one in there. Oh. And that okay. is Chick-fil-A. Because I agree that it is good, but I also agree that it's overrated. I've had this multiple times at the BTS place, especially they fucking love this for breakfast, for whatever. The sandwiches are all right. The chicken for the breakfast is all right. But it's nothing that makes you go wow or hooray. I definitely think it's overrated. But it's good and it's better than, uh, I would say it's better than KFC overall, probably. Better quality. I definitely like KFC more personally debatable honestly about what mood i'm in because i think (laughs) they're very different that's the thing i think the reason why chick-fil-a is so polarizing why some people love it so much is that i think it's the chicken in the u.s that you get that tastes the most like actual chicken Uh, i think the stuff that you would get again speaking from danish experience and from how american kitchen kind of works with these fast food places you love your fucking sauces and making things taste like what they aren't god yes Chicken wings sauce. in the U.S. don't taste like chicken. They taste like sauce. Oh, and I love it. Um, so I like when chicken tastes like chicken. And I feel like Chick-fil-A is more true to what chicken tastes like. So if you like that, then... My mouth is watering Then you right like now. Chick-fil-A. You said sauce, my mouth watered. Literally. I know. And that's why you don't like Chick-fil-A, because they're about the chicken, not the sauce, right? So. Garbage. So B tier for me, you said it was B tier, right? Uh, I have, yes. I don't think you've had this, Arby's. I love Arby's. It's awesome. It's roast you beef sandwiches. It, so it's a B. Yes, just wow. because I have okay. stuff that's higher tier still. Like I really like Damn. Arby's. Okay. It's roast beef. And this is the thing. 
It's not even the roast beef that I like. It's the sauce. Arby's sauce Damn. is actually, of all fast food, is the number one sauce, not even remotely close. It's so fucking good. And they always get so stingy with it. I'm like, can I get a lot of sauce? They give me like two or three packets. I put two or three packets on each fucking sandwich, okay? So this is what <laughs> oh I do now. What I learned when I go through the drive-thru at Arby's is I have to specify a number. So I'm like, can I get nine packets of Arby's? <laughs> like, who says I want nine packs? They actually count it out. That's the trick. If you say I want a lot, what does a lot mean for somebody? It could just be a couple. Like for you, you put like one sauce and that's enough for you. That's not nine you know packets. That you're the story of the place, right? No, there's a lot more fat like people after, that go there than me. No, Let's it's not right. about fat people because they order a lot of food and then they leave. And that's fine. There's plenty of those. But you're the only fucking guy that shows up that's like regular size and orders <laughs> nine sauces. Oh, God. You are dude. definitely the talk dude, of that. Place. I'm not. No I've never done this. I could literally drink Arby's sauce. It's so good. Okay. Uh, I all think right, we've so got to stop now. That's too far. I have three more for the B tier, by the way. We're not done yet. Okay. Uh, sure. Jack in the Box is on my list. I love Jack in the Box. Like this is an old if tried and true back in college. Breakfast, breakfast strictly is strictly on the breakfast. Okay, breakfast for fast food. McDonald's is like S tier. It's by far the best. Okay, I love McDonald's breakfast. Jack in the Box, meh. Breakfast Jacks are okay. That's about it. They got nothing I like. Burgers, so they're good. Yeah, burgers. Okay. I really like Jack in the Box. Uh, Ultimate cheeseburger is a real classic. Uh, big fan. I. People are kind of meh about the fries. I, They might be my favorite fries, actually, of any fast food. I'm not sure, though. Next is Taco Bell. How dare you put this on the D tier? This is an amazing fast food. I feel disgustingly sick every time I eat there, but at the same time, I never regret it, Cinderin. Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Have you had it? I think... So when we did the fast food thing at the BTS place where I tried different places, I think oh, I gave shit, Taco yeah. Bell a three out of five, which was the lowest I gave. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things I had. You got me like four different things. And I think all of them had supposedly meat in them. <laughs> all right. You just don't like the meat. That's fine. I mean, hey, you I know, Boba is a vegetarian. He thinks that uh, Taco Bell is the best vegetarian that makes place to go a lot of for sense because I actually, when I think about it, they were nice and crunchy, the tacos that I had. The cheese was good. But for me, a taco that has meat and cheese in it, the meat plays a pretty fucking big part in my enjoyment of the food. The sauce overruns so the good, meat flavor. You don't need to worry about it. I think, <laughs> I honestly, I genuinely think if Taco Bell had good meat, I might have put it at A or S. Actually. I mean, they then have my stuff that's... Been so okay, they have better. this thing called the double XL nachos, all right? It's fucking huge. It's nachos with guacamole, it. with beans, with uh, sour cream, and steak. Oh, beans are mega overrated, though. I love beans. Yeah. Steak, that's what you want to get next time. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, maybe if I got the right thing from there, I would love it. But the selection that you got me was pretty mediocre, all of it. That's fair so, enough. It was four, three or four different things, I think. And the final thing on here is not something I get to have very often. It's called Long John Silver's. It's a chicken slash fish place. First thing I will mention, the atmosphere is not great. It's basically Walmart <laughs> as a fast food. It's fucking white <laughs> trash as it gets. You go in there, you feel like you're going to get fucking shot. Okay, that's number one. Number two, though, it tastes really fucking good. It's worth the trip into this god-awful side of town. Just of <laughs> it's delicious, and I think it's a little underrated. They're starting to go out of business, so maybe I'm the only one that likes it. I don't know. All right, A tier. So kind of like Cinderella. the artifact of fast foods. You're still hanging on to Ah, it. that's, that's, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So A tier? Yeah. Right. 
Okay, so I originally had Chick-fil-A there, but I bumped it down. So I have two A tiers. I have five yeah. guys, which I think is you won't have because they don't have takeaway. Um, but well, drive through, drive through at least. Yeah. Um, that was the closest experience I've had in the U.S. to what it a, the general Scandinavian burger joint is like. I felt like the quality of the food was higher. I felt like the tastes were nice, and I think I felt like it was a lot more about the fries and the patty than the sauces. It was actually about the ingredients themselves. So. Mm-hmm. I think you would agree that this is probably like, in terms of fast food, this is like as high you get on fast food before it's not fast food anymore. Would you agree with that? It's like, I don't consider like it fast food, it's, but I can understand why some people think it is. Yeah, it's like it's a burger joint, but it's it's like debatable whether it's even fast food, right? Okay, um, fair but enough. I thought Five Guys was great, um, and it's I love the concept. I like places that have this simple concept. It's like it's called burgers and fries, and that's what you get. Okay. They don't have a menu with 200 items, and then some of them are good, some are bad. You just get a fucking burger and fries. Since I don't have this on my list, I need to say I I think Five Guys is extremely overrated as well. Okay. What would you put that, just in terms of how good it is? Uh, In taste, D. That's with Chick-fil-A. That's a very Chick-fil-A, and those are the two big ones that I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. will disagree with. But Yeah. Um, The other one I have on A, and this is strictly based on Denmark, I think, is Dunkin' Donuts. I think their donuts are... Good. Um, Have you had Krispy yeah. Kreme? For God's sake, Cinderin. We're not Dunkin' Donuts yet. is in we the A tier? Are you serious? We're not, we're not done with the list yet. Relax. There's oh. still a tier above A. But how are they A? We haven't like every, every donut is F compared to Krispy Kreme, which is S. Okay. So in Denmark, right? Again, I don't know if I've had the American ones, but Dunkin' Donuts are very solid. The ones that I've had, they're very nice. They have a great selection. Um, yeah, I can't really complain. I think they they're just really good. So, okay. uh, but I don't have much to compare them to because I think I've literally in my life only had donuts from Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme. And I know in the US you have way more options, but in Denmark they're not nearly as big as they are for you. So, makes sense. We're fat yeah, here. That's continue. Yeah, that's it. That's my oh, idea. That's so I actually do not have uh, Krispy Kreme on here, even though they do have a drive-through. So maybe I'll add that uh, coming soon. So A tier for me. <laughs> This one you definitely have never heard of. It's Texas-based, but it's in Arizona as well. It's called Whataburger. Holy shit, this is a good burger. Oh, I've heard about that. It's so... F- have I this is so Did you say good. Whataburger? Whataburger. What's when the, I was a kid... What's the logo on that? And the it's thing a W. Used? It's a big W. Oh, I didn't recognize the logo. I Maybe I've had that once. So Whataburger is if I had it, extremely was good. good. So. I love Whataburger. Back in the day... It was the sponsor of the Phoenix Suns, not related to why I like it, just saying. But why uh, I used you to, tried it. Right, I tried it. And I used to think it was called Waterburger for some reason. I think it's one of the worst names, actually. Mm. What a burger is a really bad name. But very, very, very good. A little bit on the quote-unquote, not quite as bad as Long John Silver's in terms of sketchiness, but it's not great, let's say. Uh, okay. The next one is... A new one I had never heard of until like a year ago called Raising Canes. This is easily the best chicken fast food I have ever had, not even remotely close. It is super good. And of course, part of the reason, Cinder, is the sauce is amazing that they give. I I feel like when it comes to this list, we just have like pretty much polar opposite criteria of what makes stuff good. But that's why it's funny that some of the things overlap. And those are generally the ones in the middle. Because that's where the sauce is okay and the food is also okay, but not either or. 
And then the final A tier for me is, and I hate to say this because this, I really think it's a bit overrated, but I have to admit they're really good is in and out Right. I used to be really against in and out uh, because I was a big California hater back in the day, mainly because of the Lakers, honestly, for being real here. But in and out the burgers are like, I think the whole simple idea, I actually disagree with you. I don't like that. Uh, like their menu okay. is simple, but they have this secret menu. Like what? That's so stupid. The oh, that's I, a totally different thing, though. No, no, no. I'm not. This what isn't I'm, in consideration for my ratings at all. But no, no. But I've, maybe you misunderstood what I meant. I think it's good to go to places, whether it's <clears throat> higher end restaurants or fast food places, that don't have a menu of 200 items. Because if you have that big of a menu, your your cooks are not good at making everything. Okay, fair like, enough. So if you have like a, a solid stable selection that are your like trademarks, that is great. That's why I like a place like Five Guys, like I said. Yeah, but a lot of know, these places, they don't they cook their food. They, do, they warm it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's a different story. In and out, uh, the burgers but, are, they're quite good. Uh, <clears throat> if I, like, I really like monster or animal style with the, the sauce that they have, the Thousand Island <laughs> dressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I will say is their fries... If I could have something below Burger King F tier, that is reserved solely for In-N-Out fries. Almost inedible. Fucking disgusting. Really? Worthless piles of garbage. I don't remember. The worst fries I've ever had in my life. Terrible. You have to get them like with tons of sauce to just cover up whatever the taste of these god-awful potatoes are. All right. Final tier, Sindarin. S S tier. Super I did not put a personal favorite, by the way. Just saying that. So we don't have... um, Okay. All right. My S tier... I have two items on it. Krispy Kreme is one of them. Those are the best donuts I've ever had. Uh, they were really, really good. They have a lot of... Surprised it was too sugary for you. That were all excellent. What's that? Surprised it wasn't too sugary for you if you think Panda's too sugary. But it's because it's a donut, right? It <laughs> depends on what food you're eating. Donuts are supposed uh, to be like that for me. Donuts for me are not a meal. Maybe they can, that's where they I'm can wrong be. here. <laughs> not supposed to be. A I've meal, had many okay? a meals of donuts. It's supposed personally. to be. It's supposed to be for me. It's like you eat one or two of them, and they're like either something you have after a meal or something you have as like a a snack or whatever. I wouldn't think, oh, I'm gonna go oh. out for a meal and I will have well, of course. Krispy Kreme as my lunch, right? You yeah. get it. You share a box with your friends or whatever, people you're working with. I mean, I will say it's, it's nice. a very common thing great. to just have as a meal as breakfast, though. Very common. Yeah, I know that's a, especially that's kind of popularized by the police, at least in movies that we see in Europe or whatever. Like that's like the stereotypical American police officer yeah. goes to get a cup of coffee and a pack of donuts. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same for you, but yeah, it is. That's and the stereotype. Uh, it is not a thing in Denmark at all. I don't even know if it's... Po- I mean, we have donuts in like 7-Eleven or whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's not a common thing that people go and get donuts for breakfast. Um, my other S tier is In-N-Out. Yeah. It was the best fast food burgers I got in the US. Uh, I think compared to Five Guys, I think they're like, you know, they're a bit greasier. They're a bit uh, fattier, but I like... Uh, I don't have a problem with fatty foods when it comes to like, uh, whether it's like meat, I really like... Uh, for, to give you a comparison, I prefer ribeye over tenderloin because I like the fattiness, the fatty part of the meat too. I really love that. So when it comes to burgers, for me, it's not a problem that they're a little bit more on the fatty side as long as the taste is good and it tastes like beef and cheese, which they do. Their burgers were very nice that we got. Uh, I think we very got nice. the we got some animal style stuff or whatever. Um, 
I really like those burgers as far as fast food goes. They were really nice. Uh, and then again, the discussion is should five guys even be on this list? Cause is it technically fast food? It's you like have three S tier. What the hell? No, those two crispy cream and in and out five okay. guys was an a, All right. uh, and that's it. That's my list. I don't know <clears throat> all of the other like 25 places that were on the list. So. All right. So I don't have Krispy Kreme on the S tier because I don't consider it fast food. If it was, right. okay. but, like it has a drive through but it, it's a donut shop. It's not fat. Like when I think of fast food, maybe I'm wrong here in my own criteria. I just don't consider it fast food. If it was, I put it S tier mm-hmm. for sure. So my Where only S tier. Dunkin Donuts? Dunkin Donuts is a C. Okay. And Meh. what what is in between those two in the US? What there's, place there's is There's nothing. In between? There's nothing. Okay. It's just like individual, you know, non-chain donut shops that you right. find, which are actually usually much better than Dunkin' Donuts, honestly. Uh, so the S tier for me is by far my favorite fast food burger, Carl's Jr. And was that wait that wasn't even on the page? The because it says Hardee's on the page. It's oh, two names. That's Carl's Jr. Yeah, it's the same place. Okay, let me add this to my <laughs> list then because right. we have that. We even have one close to us. Would you believe really? it? There's a Carl's Jr. Wow. very close to where we live. There's a couple huh. of them in Denmark actually. Where would you put it then? I think for me Carl's Jr. is an Is it ARS? That's the question. It's good. It's okay. really good. Okay, it's good sure. then. Good. Yeah. It's ARS. I I'm not sure, but yeah. Oh, that's called Hardee's. Is it yeah. still called Hardee's in the U.S.? Well, it depends on where... I, I never understood this, but like on the East Coast side of the U.S., it's always Hardee's. And basically okay. everywhere else, including internationally, like even in Saudi Arabia where I lived, Carl's Jr. Carl's Actually, maybe Jr. it was Hardee's. I'm not sure. It, it switches. But like anywhere yeah. that you'll come it's to an, it's an a. for events, it's, it's going to be Carl's Jr. Yeah. So for me, this is like creme de la creme. There used to be a burger called the $6 burger. They renamed it the Thick Burger. It's like a restaurant burger. At fucking fast food. It's great. It's really good. Nice. The fries are pretty meh, but yeah, this is I this is an S tier fast food for me easily. It might be S for me if we had the American menu, because I don't think you can get those. I'm 100% sure you can't get that $6 burger in Denmark. It, at least in our place, it doesn't exist. Um, okay. The, the fast food chains are more streamlined, I would say, overall in terms of what they offer. I think the biggest burger you can get at a fast food place, which is kind of extreme by Danish standards, is you can get one with three patties in Burger King, I think. And that is as far as we go. And I think a $6 burger had something similar to that, right? No, $6 burger, Uh, it's just, it's usually one patty. Maybe there's two maximum, but but it's a big patty. Yeah, they're. Okay, gotcha. It's like a half pound of meat, essentially. It's it's really big. It's a literal restaurant burger. So there's this burger, and it's the best. Uh, fast food burger I've ever had, not even close. And Neil was here while I was out. Mm-hmm. It's like a temp. It's like only a seasonal thing. It's called the the Memphis Burger. I can't remember everything that's on it, but I know there's like an onion ring inside, and there's pulled pork as well as a regular meat oh, patty. Holy shit! It's that sounds good. good. It's really good. So yeah. Carl's Jr. Number one. Right. All right. I, well, I, very I, I'm not mad at that. That's really good. That was your only S tier. Yes, that's it. Okay. S tier means so, but, the best of the best. But you would have put Krispy Kreme there if you could. Oh yeah, if you counted it in your card. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We should do like an ice cream. I'm honestly, mm. honestly, I'm surprised. Like, I mean, it depends on definition, right? Like, what do you think? I thought there would be more fast food that you like love to that level than just that one place. No, like you would have something that was on par, but there just isn't for you. There's no Carl's Jr. close to me either, which is merely makes me sad. But <laughs> what can you do? Probably for the so best. So where do you get your fast food from? Uh, I guess 
Canes and Taco okay. Bell, Arby's. I mean, they're good. They're good. Can't complain. When we get when we get stuff, the three places we have nearby are Burger King, McDonald's, and Carl's Jr. I think those are the three ones. There's also I mean, a KFC nearby, I guess, but Susie really isn't into that at all. I think so. We don't. It's really understandable. Know, the the mascot. Uh, he's he's pretty fucking scary. Let's be real. Looks like a murderer. Yeah. I wonder if Colonel Sanders. They have definitely, at many points in the history of that company, probably thought about making a different logo because. <laughs> It's but too they iconic. They probably have though. felt like, yeah, they felt like it's too iconic and they can't do it. Because that is that that logo. I feel like has like nothing in common with what you get. <laughs> this guy, what does he have it's to just do some with fat it? white guy. <laughs> yeah, is he even fat? Oh uh, yeah, he he's was chubby, fat. I guess. In he the photo, in the logo, he's not as fat as he was in the picture. He's fucking obese. But that's what you get okay. for eating fried chicken every day, I guess. All I right. See. So that, that does sense. it for this episode of We Say Things. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Cinderin. Here's the thing about the fast food. No one's right, except for me. But I know one thing you have to understand, living in the U.S., and if you eat a lot of this stuff, your taste buds do change. Like, I would love to do a soda tier list in the future, future because Ooh, taste buds do, do change over time based on what you eat. And you like for me, I have a sweet tooth, for example, so I love like Panda Express and that kind of stuff. You have to promise me this. If you ever come to Denmark, either to visit me or just go there on holiday or whatever, go to Burger King. Really? You, you want me to go to fucking it, Burger King? If you hate the American version of it, try it and compare and tell okay. me if I'm wrong that it's much better. Because I have this feeling that there are certain places, just like you said, it depends which state you're in, what kind of service you get and what the food is like. Mm-hmm. I am convinced that Danish Burger King is not an F for you. Okay. I just, I just really don't see it. I, um, I believe you. I, I so, can, yeah. I can definitely see that because I've had fast foods in, like China McDonald's is god awful. For example, it's like an F, mm-hmm. and where it's a C in the U.S., so it happens. Right. All right. So we'll have to keep close eye on that one next time I come to Denmark, Cinderin. Can't wait. I'm gonna get there <laughs> yeah. for one day. Like, hey, I have one meal. Where do you want to go? Let's go to fucking Burger King. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is a real good place. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Until next time, Suns fan and Cinderin saying good night, Godspeed, and good and, day. In and Europe. I have, yay, yeah, something like that. Time for my day to start. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.